Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 12 through 17, called Getting Back on Track. We're glad you're here. We're in the book of Hebrews tonight, chapter 12, Getting Back on Track is the message. So let's turn there in our Bibles, Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to read the text together. So once you have it, if you're able to stand, why don't you stand for the reading of the Word of God, Hebrews 12. We're going to do 12 through 17 tonight. Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble, and make straight paths for your feet, Hebrews twelve thirteen, so that the limb which is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all men, and the sanctification with which, without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no, no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled." That there be no immoral or godless person like Esau, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you know that even afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place for repentance, though he sought it, he sought for it with tears. You can have a seat. Thank you, Father, for this section of scripture. And as we look at it, it is really a continuation of the theme of discipline. And we know we have a loving Heavenly Father as we address you right now. We address you as our Heavenly Father who loved us so much that you gave your Son for us. And you've made us co-heirs with Christ. And yet at the same time, we know that in the ministry of the Holy Spirit and in the ministry that you have toward your children, one thing that you do do as a loving Father is you discipline us because you love us. In fact, it proves our sonship and that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God when we are disciplined. And we learned last week from Pastor John that when you discipline us, you do it for our good, that we might share your holiness. And Lord, we have such a long way to go to share your holiness. And so we know that probably more times than we might imagine, you're doing some disciplinary work in our life, not not to beat us up, but to make us better to make us more like you. We need discipline, Lord. We all know we need it in life, and we all know in the spiritual realm how much more do we need it. And yet it's not fun, and and the reality is that sometimes uh, we don't even know how to respond to it. And tonight we're going to learn how to respond rightly to the discipline of God. What do we do after we get a spanking, as it were? How do we get better? How do we chart a course that's going to be healthy, and productive, and we're actually going to learn from the discipline. These are all very important topics, Lord. And so we're going to ask for the help of your Holy Spirit as we move through the text. We'll pray right now together with one heart for application, for ears to hear, and that tonight, because we've been here, we'll be a little bit more like Jesus. It's in his name, holy name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. So in 2009, I had the privilege of teaching this section of scripture. I called it Responding Right 
to God's discipline or responding to the discipline of God. And maybe it's not something that you've thought about before, but you know, if we got disciplined growing up or maybe you got disciplined at work, maybe you're in a context where you get written up or something like that, you know, that can be a hard thing when you get corrected and all of a sudden, you know, uh, you're not kind of measuring up to the standard and now something happens. You get called out and now you got to figure out what do you do? And uh, I know in my history as of working, I got fired from one job in my whole working career. It was from a church. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a church. You're like, oh, no, really? We want that backstory. No, it was a pizza place. Now, I had grown up working in my uncle's pizza parlor, and I was managing the place at 16 years old. And I knew the business pretty well, but I got hired at this other place a couple of years later. And I have to admit, I was kind of dogging it. I was not motivated. I was not doing what I was supposed to do. They wanted me to multitask, and I wasn't doing it. And they canned me. And it was a pretty rude awakening. And it was kind of like, oh, okay, now what do I do now? I got fired from a pizza place. I mean, that, you know, it's a fairly low place to be in life, you know. But anyway, so that's your, that's your pastor's history, if you ever wondered. No, that's not all of it. I was a teenager at the time. But, but it does make you think, like, okay, now what? And of course, you know, if you were here last Wednesday, when we were talking about Pastor John brought up a father's discipline, assuming that you had a good father, good mom, you know that discipline is part of what they're supposed to do. If you're without discipline, you're going to be in trouble. But even for parents trying to balance loving discipline, encouragement, you know, balancing encouragement with discipline is, is not always easy. It could be a tricky thing. But God is very good at what he does and he knows when we need to be disciplined and why we need to be disciplined. And we learned last week from these final couple of verses, if you peek back uh, in the um, immediate setting of, uh, just go back to verse 11, the writer says, all discipline for the moment, the short term, if you will, seems not to be joyful. And we'd all say amen to that, but sorrowful. Yet those who have been trained by it afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So in the verse right before that, it says, our parents disciplined us, our fathers for a short time has seemed best to them, but God disciplines us for our good, notice, so that we may share his holiness. When I had first become a father of three boys, you know, three boys are pretty rambunctious and they're all in their 20s now, but trying to balance loving discipline uh, was new for me. I was a new dad. And so I would turn on focus on the family and family life today and I would try to learn how to discipline and how to understand my children's different personalities and what to do. And one thing I did learn is after I did discipline them, and it was pr pretty rare, but when I had to give them a little spanking or something and they cried, I was taught to hug them and first of all, set a very clear boundary. Like if you do this again, you're going to get a smack or you're going to get a little spanking and the eyes would be big. And, and then if they cross the line, I had to follow through because we've all learned that consistency is very important. And so you know, we'd often have some tears and then I would hug the boys and I would say, I love you. Do you know why I discipline you? Yes, you told me not to do it and I did it. Oh, yes. <laughs> they start shaking it all. Oh, that's said, okay, now let's learn from this and let's, let's move on and don't do that anymore. And, 
It was often a sweet moment, even though the discipline was hard and the tears, you know, as parents, you never want to see your kids crying and stuff like that. But it could be fruitful because it was balanced with love. And I just want to say right out of the gate, that's what, that's what you need to know motivates the discipline of God. It's for your good that you might share his holiness. And as I mentioned in the prayer, we all have a long way to go. I have a long way to go to become as holy as God, but that is the goal. The goal is holiness. We're to be holy like our father. And so that's what we're aiming for. And we all realize it's a journey. And so with that in mind, verse 12 begins with the word, therefore, connecting us always to the previous section or verses. Therefore, strengthen. This is where we get the English word orthopedic. We'll come back to that in a second. Strengthen um, the hands that are weak. You could uh, render this your feeble hands. The NIV has it that way. Strengthen your feeble hands. The New King James has it as the hands that hang down and the knees that are feeble. Now, I mark the knees that are feeble because this is very personal to me. I have very feeble knees. I've torn two ACL ligaments in one in each knee over the years. And so I've had reconstructive surgery on one knee and uh, or, uh, arthroscopic on the other. And then I've had a whole host of problems. And sometimes when you guys are here on Sundays, you see me kind of gingerly going down those stairs. There's a reason for that. I, I have had multiple knee surgeries and most days my knees hurt. And it just depends on kind of what the level is. So I can relate to sore knees. And even though um, I've been through some knee surgeries and, you know, the hope would be that you would get some correction. And some of you out there have gone through knee replacements, which is a pretty significant surgery. Uh, there's nothing like the original parts in their proper working order. Can I get a witness? <laughs> and so I can understand the concept of feeble knees. And I'm about to have a procedure where they're going to do an injection. And uh, it's called PRP, if you guys have heard about that. And they're going to try to take my own blood and put platelets in there and see if that will promote healing. Because I still want to play golf and I still would like to do some things, you know. But I understand where my body's at. Uh, I have some feebleness in my knees. Like, for example, I don't, I would not want to jump off this platform right now, even though it's only three feet high, because for me, my knees are not just prepared to take that. So the question becomes, when you have a weak part of your body, how do you make it stronger? This is basically what the um, writer of Hebrews is saying, if you're taking notes. Whenever you have a weakness, and uh, a lot of you have some history in athletics, so I think you'll, you'll catch what I'm saying here. If you do a workout routine, uh, the old saying is, friends don't let friends skip leg day. Have you heard that before? Now, what that means is that sometimes when guys work out, they focus on upper body stuff, chest, biceps, triceps, and they may not work on their legs or their core. But your legs and core are just as important, but they're not as... You don't look as pretty when, when, when you do this. You know, you're like, uh, check out the, you know, the cannon here. So... Legs are a little bit of a different thing. So you could skip leg day, but what you may create is a muscle imbalance where you're weak in one place and strong in another, and that can also affect your body. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. If you are a longtime listener to Walk in Truth, we could use your help. We are excited to announce we have the opportunity to broadcast on a new radio station, an opportunity that will help this ministry reach more people like you in Oahu, Hawaii. Our mission with Pastor Michael's teachings is to equip listeners with God's Word in a way that helps them address today's issues, trends, and culture. But before we say yes to this opportunity, we could use your help. The price to broadcast on this radio station daily is $2,491 a month. Can you partner with us to reach people in Hawaii? Would you become a Walk in Truth partner today? Your financial commitment of at least $20 a month would help us reach this goal. We have until the end of September to raise these funds. If you become one of the 125 new partners, you'll be part of the team bringing God's truth to more people. That means four people would have to make a commitment each day until the end of September. Would you be one of the four now? Please begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. You don't look as pretty when, when, when you do this. You know, you're like, uh, check out the, you know, the cannon here. So legs are a little bit of a different thing. So you could skip leg day, but what you may create is a muscle imbalance where you're weak in one place and strong in another, and that can also affect your body. So if you've ever done any training, physical therapists and so forth will say you need to strengthen the weaker parts of your body because your body's probably weak because you're not as strong in this area. So if you have a particular weakness, a physical trainer might say, well, you got to focus on your you know, your calves more or your hamstrings or whatever it may be so that you can kind of uh, help other things, take some pressure off other things. Now, I'm using the physical analogies because they're right here in the text. And basically, this is what the writer is saying. He's saying, if we work backwards, you got to strengthen your feeble knees. Now, um, since there was a running analogy at the beginning of chapter 12, running the race, fixing our eyes on Jesus, that's still what's before us here. And the image that's pictured is if you've ever seen a runner or maybe you did some running and their hands kind of fall, um, the picture is that you've hit the wall. And I'll put it this way, for those of you who know the game of baseball, uh, sometimes we used to joke that we'd have some players on our team who could hit a ball in the gap and they'd round first, they'd hit second and they'd be headed for third. And it seems like they hit a wall. Now there was no wall there, but, but everything kind of just slowed down. Well, when you're running, you can hit a wall. Uh, maybe just your body can't take much more. Maybe something starts to hurt. You know, have you ever seen a runner pull a hamstring? Oh, it's painful to watch, right? Because you could tell they're just trying to grunt it out to make it to the base or something like that. Well, that's the idea, is he's saying strengthen. Since the word strengthen, it takes into English the word orthopedic. It's the idea of straighten it out, firm it up. And he starts with your hands. If your hands have fallen, if they are weak, 
If you've hit the wall, he's saying you got to get back on track. Now, remember the, the big context responding to discipline. Something's happened. God has corrected you. He's gotten your attention. Now, he's pointed out an area. You're weak in this area. You need to work on this, okay? So what do I do? Well, I have a couple of choices. I can moan about it. I always knew I was weak in that area. (laughs) Or you can do something about it. If you want to get stronger in a certain area, what do you have to do? You have to be intentional about workouts and if you realize, oh, this is happening to me because I'm weak in this area, then you have to have a workout regimen that pays more attention to your weakness. Spiritually speaking, I think the point is quite clear, don't you? If you have a propensity towards a spiritual weakness, something that you give into regularly, you can't seem to overcome it. You... Uh, Every time you get disciplined by God, it's for the same thing, and it, and it keeps repeating, and you've got the song on repeat. Well, then here's, the, here's what you got to do. You got to receive the discipline from God, knowing that it's for your good and to share in his holiness, and then you got to make the correction. You've got to straighten it out. You got to get back on track. And if you don't change anything, then nothing is going to change. Because in your spiritual life, there are other principles that merge into your spiritual life. Yes, you're saved by grace. Yes, we would even argue that you're kept by grace. But the effectiveness with which you run will be largely determined by what you put into your walk. There's just no way around it. And so the first, uh, let's call it exhortation, is strengthen. Look at it again. Strengthen your feeble hands. Strengthen your feeble knees. This is what the writer is saying. You've got to get these things worked out, straightened out. ESV has it this way. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. Um, Sometimes, I think there's probably a place when we've been in a pattern of compromise at some point to either look in the mirror or have somebody else say to us, you know, don't you think it's about time that you, you stop that? <laughs> I mean, I know, I know it's hard to hear if you're on the receiving end of that, but don't you think that at some point, have some of you had that happen to you before where maybe you heard it through a radio preacher or a coach or a parent and they just said to you, you know, you're going you're to keep playing around with this? I mean, how many more spankings do you need until you're going to figure this one out? And that's when, you know, and having, I've, I coached baseball uh, for many, many years, and I learned that some of my players responded well to that kind of correction, and then some of them, they fell apart. So I had to take a little bit more of a gracious approach, especially as a little, little league coach. So strengthen those drooping hand, arms and those paralyzed knees, one writer puts it, Uh, Holman says drooping arms and tired knees are a picture of a person utterly exhausted hitting the wall. And what would a track coach do if they saw you hitting that proverbial wall? Let's just say that uh, you had a loved one running a marathon and and you were at some point along the 26.2 miles 
and they're passing you and, you, and you look at them and you're like, oh no, they're in trouble. They've only run a half a mile. They're done, <laughs> right? You want to hand them that cup of water or whatever. But you might give them encouragement. What might you say? You can make it. You can do it. Go, 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 go. You know, something like that. And that could help, right? Some, sometimes just a word of encouragement could boost your spirits or maybe some self-talk or someone riding with you. you let's say you're riding a bike and, and someone pushes you a little bit up, up the next hill. It's that kind of thing. Eliphaz, the Temanite, encouraged Job with these words. He said, behold, you've, admo- you've admonished many, Job 4, 3 and 4, if you're taking notes. You've strengthened weak hands. Your words have helped the tottering to stand. You have strengthened feeble knees. Job 4, 3 and 4. So I want to just say, from the standpoint of the body of Christ, you can do that too. When you are a discipler, when you're a spiritual coach, when you're pouring into other people, when you have a, you lead a Bible study, you do something spiritually, and you're pouring into others, That's something that you can do because remember, the analogy here is not just you alone on a track. It's there's a cloud of witnesses. There's other runners running. And if I could say to you, if I saw you starting to hit the wall, go, go, go. You can make it. Don't give up. I'm right here with you. There's a strength in that. You've been listening to Getting Back on Track, part one on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 12, verses 12 through 17. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Now, we have pastors on staff that would love to speak with you if you need prayer or counsel, or perhaps you have questions about Jesus and the Christian faith. Call Walk in Truth Tuesdays through Fridays during daytime hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. Now here's Pastor Michael one more time before we go. Okay, I want to address something that um, we may not hear a lot about. We're talking about getting back on track. And maybe this is you. Maybe you say, I'm a pastor. I'm a ministry leader. I'm a missionary. And I am out of gas. And I don't know how to get back on track because I don't even know if God still wants me here. I'm ready to quit. I'm waving the white flag. I've typed up a resignation letter. Hey, this is reality. This, this happens. I've been there before personally, brethren. I've written a couple resignation letters. I never sent them. <laughs> Thank God. My wife actually talked me out of it a few times. We all can get there. And sometimes when you feel alone or you've let sin creep back in to your life, even as a mature uh, leader, you lead a ministry, you're a pastor, and sin has crouched at the door and you opened it up. You've gone back to an old habit, an old way, and you're like, oh boy, am I, am I disqualified now? Am I done? No, not necessarily, but just like anybody else you would talk to prior to this uh, slip in your life, you got to do what you counseled others to do. What's that? Repent, you know, turn away from that, get back into walking with the Lord daily. Maybe you need a break. 
from that spot, but only do that with prayer to the Lord and counsel from trusted godly leaders who can speak into your life. You get you get some counsel, but first get right with the Lord and he'll take care of the rest. We have a phone number that you could call if you want to be anonymous. We have pastors available Tuesday through Friday, 9 to 4 Pacific time, 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now we're here to be a listening ear to pray for you and with you. 844-48-TRUTH. So take advantage of that number if we can help you in any way. You can also send prayer requests at walkintruth.com. See you right here tomorrow. Hey, if you're a longtime listener to Walk in Truth, we could use your help. We're excited to announce that we have an opportunity to broadcast on a radio station in Oahu, Hawaii. The price to broadcast on this radio station daily is $2,491 a month. Can you partner with us to reach people in Hawaii? Would you become a Walk in Truth partner today? Your financial commitment of at least $20 a month would help us reach this goal. We have until the end of September to raise these funds. So if you become one of 125 new partners, you'll be part of the team bringing God's truth to more people. That means four people would have to make a commitment each day until the end of September. Will you be one of those four now? Please begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 12 through 17, called Getting Back on Track. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. people.